Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. We return to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Office supplies at huge savings? Yeah, Digitex does that. D-I-G-I-T-E-X dot C-A on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. Welcome back, everybody. It's 133 at Edmonton. Bob Stoffer joining you from Las Vegas. I know Reed Wilkins and myself discussed this on the uh, City Ford Faceoff show. Uh, would have been uh, last night uh, pertaining to the Alberta Golden Bears upset at home to UBC. And they have a new ranking system this year in youth sports. And most of you don't care, but, you know, if you're from Edmonton, you're certainly aware of the Alberta Golden Bears program. The new system eliminates all teams that are eliminated from the national championship. So Alberta lost. They will not go for just the third time in the last 25 years. The new system also eliminated a 167-week stretch. There was basically 13 to 14 weeks each year where there's national rankings, and they switched from media voting on it to what's known as an ELO system. So 167 weeks that Alberta had appeared in the top 10. Of those 167 weeks, over 100 weeks at either number one or number two in the country. So interesting stuff there. For And I know we have a lot of ex-Golden Bear players, a lot of people that played hockey at major junior level that are aware of that program. John Shannon. Joins us right now, our NHL insider. Hi, John. How are you? Great, Bob. Stay away from the slots, will you? Okay. I don't know what you're talking about. So I'm going to say. If I hear hear the arm being pulled down during the interview, I'm going to (laughs) know. I'm in the hotel room. I can tell you that right now because with this new reported, you use the reported app too. You know how hot that uh, mic is on that reported app. I know, I know. I I hear that ching, ching, ching. I know what's going on, baby. Oh, yeah. No, I uh, I would I would not be that stupid. I I can often be stupid, but not that stupid. So, and plus, I'd have a real hard problem. I have a hard enough problem concentrating to do the show on the road on a regular basis. Uh, so it's a little easier in studio, right? So you know how that works, John. One of the uh, 
One of the themes from today's uh, today's show, uh, and we'll get to the water cooler topic first, and that, you know, Dave Tippett uh, has been very rare to sort of express frustration on calls and non-calls, but he showed some last night, and, um, you know, some people thought it was a penalty by McDavid. Others said, no, it's not. Others thought maybe there should have been a dive called against Anaheim, which would have neutralized the power play. Uh, the majority of us say, well, if that's a penalty called on Connor, where are, you know, against Connor, where are the similar type plays that aren't called on Connor earlier in the games? I'd like to get your perspective on this. Can't we just pull out some of the audio tape from the last three years and we talk about this on a regular basis? Uh, I mean, one of, one of, one of Connor's biggest uh, and I don't say it's a problem, but issues has always been that he's so good at fighting through checks. Uh, it never looks like a penalty to Connor because he's got so much lower body strength and he's got so much speed uh, that sometimes the referees don't catch it. And, uh, and and so when other players who don't have the same strength or speed that Connor does, and they go down, and and Connor's the uh, uh, the protagonist in it then that becomes an issue. I, to be honest, I thought it was a penalty, um, and I thought that Connor could have avoided it if he had stood in front of the player as opposed to being beside him. But that's me. I'm, you know, I'm, not, uh, I'm not on the ice. I'm uh, away from the game, and, and uh, I th- think every once in a while Connor makes mistakes too, and that's what he did. Do you think there's situations, if that scenario was reversed, do you think Connor would have fallen there? No, he wouldn't have. And that's, that's what I'm talking about. He would not have fallen down. Because <laughs> he's, he's, you know, they, yeah. one of the things that we've all learned about Connor is, is that he's so strong and he can, he can fight through those situations. And, and, there are, and, and listen, I am not advocating that Connor start diving. I'm not. I'm just saying that that's a reality of how he plays the game and the intensity at which he plays the game. He's always thinking about the next step and how he can get back in position. And so he, 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 does, it, he does it in many ways to himself. Do you believe he's harder to officiate than other players because of the speed that he plays at and the core strength that he has? I believe he's the hardest player in the game to officiate. And you know the last guy who was like that? Mario Lemieux. And remember, in the end, Mario got so mad he called it a garage league. Um, but, uh, you know, he's one of those guys that has that type of issue. And you know, Mario was so big and so strong, he could fight through. And, you know, he took the, took the slash on the gloves. That rule is different now. Um, but, you know, he fought through it all the time, too. And I think that's what Connor, I think that that's where Connor is in all of this, is that he's so strong and he fights through these things and he's so fast that even the human eye can't detect it at times. Yeah. Now, you realize that the, the major reason why we're discussing this is because Dave Tippett actually said something last night and so too did Connor. And that's been rare this season. It's one thing for, you know, uh, a radio analyst to comment on it going, you know, in the, in, in the, and there are times that the owners get away with some stuff in games and we're surprised that there's not a call against another player. But if there's a bit of a reoccurring theme here of the owners. But the primary reason, John, we're discussing it today is, in fact, because Dave Tippett and Connor McDavid finally said something yesterday. 
Well, and, and, and you know, listen, at a certain point, and, and I, I have talked about this on television, I've talked about it on radio with you, Bob, is that at a certain point, Wayne used to get mad and whine. And he was really good at it. Early in his career, Sydney used to whine. Really good at it. You know, they were, and, and when Connor, with his disposition, rarely does that. I mean, the, the, the one the one that I remember uh, recent was the Sunday night one in Los Angeles when Doughty tapped his glove on the breakaway, right? And that's yeah. the first time in my yeah. mind, in, my, in, in recent memory, that Connor really, you know, he went out of the way to make sure that the referee said, hey, you missed that one because he tapped my glove. So I mean, it's an interesting one for me. I I, I I understand everybody's frustration with it. I understand Dave Tippett's frustration with it. Vancouver wins last night. Calgary wins last night. You know the the, the race. Yamamoto's hurt. Uh, the the race in the Pacific is crazy. You can't afford to give up points. And so I I there are times the human element in everybody comes out, whether it's a coach or whether it's a player. Uh, and you have to respect that. So to see both Connor and and Dave get angry at it, you understand that frustration. Let's switch focus. Give me your assessment on what Ken Holland accomplished at the trade deadline. Uh, well, I, I mean, I I, I hope I, I hope that uh, what we saw last night out of both Ennis and Athanasiu is what you're going to get on a regular basis. I think that uh, they did improve their speed. I thought Tyler Ennis was really good last night. Let's hope he can maintain that. Uh, I think uh, Athanasiu struggled for a little bit last night, but they, they can't be great from the first face-off uh, to, the, uh, to the last buzzer in the first game. I thought by the time they got to the second period, there was a, some comfort factor, and both of them, Ennis and Athanasiu, understand the speed. Uh, it'll be interesting to see how Mike Green fits in. Uh, and whether Mike Green can take some pressure off of some of the younger defensemen, in my mind, that tried to do a little bit too much last night. And that, that to me, is still a bit of a question mark, is what, what role will Mike Green have on the blue line between now and the time that Clefbaum returns? Yeah, it's interesting. You know, I think most of the fans, they, originally when they heard out in a seal, they took a look at the plus minus and they are a little down on it. Um but I think they sort of, and I'm not saying it was a response to last night, but over the next 24 hours after the trade, I think a lot of the fans, you know what, this makes sense. The guy's fast. He's explosive. He did score 30 goals. Uh, in Ennis's case, and maybe it's just a byproduct that he, you know, one of the reasons is he's, he, he's from Edmonton. And the other thing is the price point, but the majority of the fans like that get. I did sense there was some question about the pickup of Mike Green. Like there, you know, there's a lot of fans. How much better is he than Matt Benning? And, uh, you know, cause when Matt's 100% healthy, a strong argument can be made. He's a pretty good defenseman. So I'm going to be intrigued to see how Green comes in here and does, given that he's 34 years of age. How much threat on the tire do you think he's got left, John? I think that's, I think that's the, the key question. The bottom line, Bob, in my mind, and this is not a knock at Mike, but if Oscar Clefbaum's healthy, do they make that trade? What do you think? I don't. Well, think they, they know do. they're going to get Clefbaum. Clef, you yeah, got to figure they're going to get Clefbaum back in. But, 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 Ten but days at the, least. What about what about what about Chris Russell? I mean, so Mike Green, Mike Green, in well, my mind is an insurance policy. Yeah. Mike, Mike Green's an insurance policy. 
Okay, I, so he's between now and the time the playoffs start. Mike Green will be in a role to help this hockey club. But, you know, it's not a long-term remedy. It's a short-term remedy. These, ne- I mean, just the impatience you saw from people based on the call on McDavid last night, you can see how important these next six or seven games are when club bombs out. You can see that. That's an important thing to measure. That's why you need bodies, and that's why a guy like Mike Green comes to this team. Yeah, well, I mean, it's it's interesting. He played twelve forty eight last night. It's my belief, you know, I think they're going to hope to get him up and running so he can play 15, 16 minutes a game because twelve forty eight is right in the range of what Matt Benning's been playing of late as well. John Shannon joining us, our, our NHL insider. John, who do you have as a big winner in the NHL trade deadline? Uh, well, I think eventually Carolina will be. Uh, you know, when you think of, of of what they did with their roster, I, I think I think Brady Shea will uh, will help their blue line. Uh, you know, I I, I think Vincent Trocheck is a really good hockey player. Uh, I think Sammy Vatnin, when he gets healthy, will be will be a valuable uh, player for for Carolina. Again, they're 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 in actually more desperate straits than most of the teams in the Pacific because they're on the outside looking uh, uh, trying to get in. Uh, and so they needed to do something to to make it make a difference. Uh, but I think if Trocheck can get up and running and be effective, wasn't very wasn't that last night, but I think if he can then then Carolina will be a a big winner. I also think that the Islanders I, I mean I love John Gabriel ba- uh, Pajot and when you think that uh, down the middle when Broussard gets healthy that their centermen uh, are Barzell, Pajot, Broussard and Brock Nelson that looks pretty good. Well, and we don't expect Sezikis back anytime for them because he's a great fourth so. line center. Sure he is. Sure he is. I, mean, yeah. I don't I don't I don't he may not be back for a while yet and I think that that's one of the reasons why Lou pressed the button and got Pajot. Do the Leafs make it? <laughs> um, well, the Muzzin injury, the broken hand, he's out uh, He's out at least, in my opinion, the month of March. Um, so, I mean, if, if, if they make it, it'll be, uh, I, I think it'll be a, a minor miracle. Um, you know, they are they are the craziest team in hockey right now. They can play so well one night and then be a disaster the next. Uh, when you think that their last three games were Pittsburgh, Carolina, Tampa, and they played lights out against Pittsburgh, were very good last night against Tampa, and in the middle, maybe the worst game in a decade. So from that perspective, the Leafs are uh, the Leafs are their own worst enemy. Um, and, and if they're young leaders, and and this is this, there's actually a bit of a comparison to the Oilers. If their young leaders can get their heads on straight, Matthews, Marner, uh, Nylander, uh, then they have a chance. But uh, we see that their their leaders aren't are a little more temperamental than the Oiler ones, and they've uh, they, their lack of leadership has been uh, has come out a few times and hurt the franchise. You know, John, what's interesting to me is there's a lot of Toronto-based media personalities that have tried to read Connor McDavid's body language, and boy, the Oilers, they better make the playoffs, and, you know, otherwise there's going to be a come-to-Jesus moment. 
I'm just looking at Toronto because I do think they're going to make it. But if they don't make it, are they squandering the talents of Austin Matthews, who's, by the way, on a five-year deal, not an eight-year deal? Would there be concern? You know what I'm saying. I'm just having some fun. Yeah, you know what? If, if the question can be asked in Edmonton and the question can be asked in Buffalo, then the question has to be able to be asked in Toronto. Uh, because we know darn well that uh, if the Sabres fall flat again, there's going to be a lot of people wondering about Jack Eichel's future in Buffalo. Um, but it, I, I would, and maybe I'm a little closer to the Maple Leafs living here, but I will tell you, this is squarely on the shoulders of guys like Matthews, squarely on the shoulders of guys like Marner. Now, they're the ones that are dictating the future of this franchise. Uh, and if, and it, so, it, you know, the, the one guy that has become a bit of a question mark for me and showed greatness, yes, last night was John Tavares. And I think Tavares is one yeah. of those guys that has to show a little more leadership, too. John, great stuff. As always, we appreciate your time. We'll talk on Monday. Okay. Stay away from the nickels. Go to the quarters. <laughs> Actually, they'll tell you, go to the higher ones. <laughs> well, you can't afford that's those. Nor can I, trust me. That's John Chet, our NHL insider. We'll get to this day in winner's history after I tell you. The best pizza in the city, Mill, still making a great, is Royal Pizza. Multiple locations in Edmonton to serve you, including the original Royal Pizza in Old Strathcona. Royal Pizza with 13 Edmonton and area locations. You can go online at royalpizza.ca or download the Royal Pizza app from the App Store. This is Oilers Now. This is Connor McDavid from your Edmonton Oilers, and you're listening to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on 630 Chet. Welcome back, everybody. Bob Stoffer with you on Oilers Now. It is 153 in Edmonton. Coming up tomorrow, by the way, the Oilers will fly back. Same lineup tonight. Uh, Miko Koskinen starts in goal. Edmonton 5-3-2 and two in their last 10. Uh, and they've played with basically without six regulars here over the last several games against the Vegas squad that has won six in a row. Tomorrow... Sportsnet color analyst Louis DeBrusque. Brian Burke, presented by Canadian Power Pack, Alberta's leader in electrical construction and service, electrical prefabrication and solar. Tonight's game, 7 p.m. with the City Ford Faceoff Show, 8.30 p.m. Puck Drop. Two. This day in Oilers history for New West Travel. Join 630 Chet's Jalen Nye on a spectacular tour of Iceland and Ireland this summer. It includes dinners, sightseeing, and spectacular events. For more information, call New West Travel or go online at newwesttravel.com. Way back on this date, 1986, what happened? The Oilers hammer the Jets 8-2. to two. It was Mark Messier with a hat trick and a helper. Wayne Gretzky, two goals, four assists. Yari Curry, a goal and four helpers. Charlie Huddy had four assists as well, Bob. So Wayne from the Edmonton operation had six points. The Mess had four points. Curry, five points. And Huddy, four. Charlie Huddy, very underrated player back in the day. Did you know that he won the uh, league's first Emory Edge Award for the best plus-minus in the NHL when they finally came out with that award. This day in Oilers history brought to you by New West Travel. For information on trips to Austria, Iceland, Ireland, and South Africa, call New West Travel. Go online, newwesttravel.com. Again, we'll be back at it. Uh, I'll join you tonight, 7 o'clock from T-Mobile Arena. 
And uh, game time is 8.30 p.m. with Jack Michaels, Rob Brown, Reed Wilkins, and myself. Louie and Berkey tomorrow. Up next, the Global News Weather Traffic Update with Eileen Bell, followed by the 6.30 Jed Afternoons with Jalen and I. So long, everybody, from Oilers Now. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 6.30 Chad.